You are listening to the sermon podcast of Connection Church, a gospel-centered community on a mission to make much of Jesus in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. For more information, visit SiouxFallsConnection.com. Thank you for listening. Um, So we'll be in the book of um, Proverbs. We're going to jump around just a little bit, so so stay with me. Um, Trust me, I'll read from the Bible, so if you can't keep up, um, I'll try to give you some time to do that, but... Um, I will read it to you. You're welcome to just listen as well. But our main text is going to be Proverbs chapter 1. So Proverbs chapter 1, in fact, if you want to point your finger there, the next text we're going to be in is 1 Kings 3. And while you you find that, a little bit of context for the book of Proverbs, it's written by a few authors, but most of it is attributed to King Solomon. And if you remember in um, 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon asks the Lord for wisdom in order that he might lead his people better. And the Lord responds in verse 10 of chapter 3 of 1 Kings. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and not have asked for yourself a long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself for understanding and discern, to discern what is right. Behold, now I do according to your word. Excuse me. Behold, now I do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has ever been before you and none like you shall arise after you. So God responds to his request for wisdom and he gives it to them gives it to him, and um, if we flip the page over to chapter 4, Solomon's named the wisest man in the ancient world. God gave, in chapter chapter 4, verse 29, God gave Solomon wisdom and a very great insight and breadth of understanding as as measureless as the sand of the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezraite, wiser than Haman, Calcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol. And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He spoke of the an- about the animals and the birds, reptiles, and wisdom set, sent, before, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard the wisdom. Or, excuse me, reptiles and fish from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So even though the book of Proverbs isn't entirely written by Solomon, most of it is attributed to him, and we can split the book of Proverbs into, I would would say, three sections. The the first section is chapters 1 through 9. This kind of serves as an introduction to the Proverbs. Um, The the most of the Proverbs are short, clever sayings that offer some sort of insight or wisdom are found in chapters 10 through 29, and then uh, chapters 30 and 31 serve as a conclusion. So our text, verses 1 through 7 of chapter 1, is going to serve as sort of an introduction to the introduction. Um, 
He's going to lay the groundwork of what wisdom is, who it's for, and where it begins. So let's read Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and saying, the words of the wise and the riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. My hope is that we would let the text instruct us how to approach the Bible, um, and especially the book of Proverbs. I hope it whets our appetite for reading it more. Um, If you're like me, the Psalms and the Proverbs aren't a place I like to go, um, mostly because it's very convicting, but, but also it's very hard to pull and understand what the Lord wants and needs from us, it's easier to go to the New Testament for me. I don't think we can unpack everything we have here, but um, what I hopefully would like you to see is this. Wisdom isn't just something that we can obtain and apply to our daily lives. Wisdom is a person with whom we can have a relationship. Wisdom isn't just something that we can obtain, apply to our daily lives, become smarter, but more so, God invites us to know wisdom, love wisdom, behold wisdom. As Solomon walks through life with his son, you'll see um, the first nine chapters, the introduction is ten speeches from Solomon to his son, Um, and if you read through it, there's, there's two people that he introduces us to. There's this woman, Wisdom, whom he encourages and, and, and invites his son to pursue. And there's woman, Folly, who he teaches his son to resist. So I encourage you this week, read the first nine chapters of the book, and you'll see a couple of main goals Solomon has for his son and in turn has for us. One, fear the Lord. And we'll see that explicitly in our text today. And two, pursue wisdom. Fear the Lord and pursue wisdom. Flip with me, if you will, just a few chapters later to chapter 8. This is woman wisdom describing herself. Chapter 8, verse 22 And we'll read through verse 31. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding in water, 
Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth, before he had made the earth and its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundation of the earth, then... I was beside him like a master workman, and I was his daily delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. So yes, wisdom is definitely something that we can obtain and live by. The word wisdom in the Greek is kokmah, literally translated to have skill or applied knowledge. It was the artists and craftsmen in Israel in Exodus 31 who were said to have kokmah, skillful. But the way to this kind of wisdom is pursuit and relationship with this person that describes themselves in chapter 8. This person was apparently with the Lord from the beginning before anything else existed. We know that the beginning of the Gospel of John speaks of Jesus And it says that in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and he was with God and he was God. And we find out according to James 1.5 that if anybody lacks wisdom, we can ask the Father and he will generously give it to us. He who did not spare his own son will not withhold everything else, including wisdom. Since he didn't withhold his own son, he will not withhold wisdom. In fact, according to 1 Corinthians 1, his son was his wisdom. So, with that in view and in focus, let's flip back to Proverbs chapter 1. We'll stay here for a little while, promise. It starts with a grand title in verse 1, the proverb of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Um, It's just communicating we ought to listen to him. If you may not listen to me, but if I said, I am Jazz, king of, or son of David, king of Israel, you might perk your ears to what I'm about to say next. I really wanted to start with that. <laughs> Boundaries. And then in verse 2, he states the purpose of why he's writing this. He starts to state the purpose of why he's writing this. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. So the first thing we can pull from this passage is that apparently wisdom is something or someone to know in order that we may understand this book. In other words, if we don't know wisdom, we cannot and will not understand nor be able to apply the wisdom in this book in the book of Proverbs, in our daily lives. If we don't know wisdom, we cannot and will not understand or be able to apply the wisdom in this book to our daily lives. We can read the tips, good advice, wise counsel, all of it. And unless we know wisdom, Jesus, we cannot understand it. 
knowing the wisdom of God is the only way this works. Verse 3. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So not only are we to know wisdom, apparently there's something we ought to receive. It's this idea that there's something that's being given to us and we ought to grab a hold of it. So I must ask, what are you currently gripping to because it's the only thing providing you comfort right now? We've been repeating this over the course of the last months, but everyone has experienced the loss of something this year. What are you currently gripping to that you're terrified that you might lose that as well? We're all experiencing the loss of something over the last several months. What have you gripped to and won't let go of because you're afraid to lose that too? Is it your job? Spouse, your kids, financial security, your health, your political party. What do you feel God prying out of your hands? What do you find yourself most protective over? What makes you angry at the thought of losing it? God wants to replace it with his wisdom. Don't settle for less. It might hurt. It might be uncomfortable, but God in his great wisdom knows it won't satisfy you anyway. He has what can, can, and he wants to give it to you and to me. Verse 4. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and assertion to the youth. So now Solomon wants to tell us who this wisdom is for. Um, The first we find in verse 4, the simple. Now, not simple as in a simpleton, uh, somebody who's foolish or gullible, uh, or an educationally subnormal human. Think of it as a person who is easily impressionable. He gives an example of the young Someone who needs to grow up into maturity. Someone who needs to learn basic life skills. And if that's you and me, then wisdom is for us. And then in verse 5, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So apparently the wise aren't off the hook. Um, I didn't mean to burst your bubble this morning, but... The Proverbs on multiple occasions talks about this. Uh, In chapter 9, you don't have to flip there, just I'll read it to you. Chapter 9, verse 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. He will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Or a warning in Proverbs 26, verse 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A Christian doesn't graduate. Um, And what does God's word say to us if if we think what we have? A fool has more hope than us. May we be the kind of people who are teachable and humble 
especially in the events of the last year. That's only fruit that the Spirit can produce. Being teachable and humble is only fruit that the Spirit can produce. My prayer is that we would be a people who are teachable and humble and who seek understanding. Have you responded to anything in the last months in an unteachable or ungracious way? I know I have. I don't like the, the, the way things are. And it's revealed a great need for understanding in me. Thank God for that. Right? That we would be a people who are quick to listen and understand and slow to anger. James 1.19. So we've seen what wisdom is or who wisdom is. Uh, we've also seen some barriers to getting wisdom, right? Thinking we're wise. Um, so where does it come from? Where does it start? How do we begin to be wise? We'll spend the remainder of our time here. Chapter, or chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. Notice, Lord is all capitalized, L-O-R-D. Uh, remember, when we run across that, it's talking about the name of the Lord, the God who is. When the Lord sends Moses to the Egyptians, Moses says, who should I say sent me? And God just says, I am. The God who is, Yahweh. So what is fear then? Well, fear in one sense is being afraid that something bad will happen. Um, that's not fear when it's talked about in the Bible. Um, some words that might help us understand what fear is, a word uh, reverence, um, worship, awe, something inspires awe or is awesome. It's looking at the almighty God of the universe and trembling at his majesty. Trembling. Uh, my personal, one of my favorite things is space. Space is cool and it's awesome and inspires awe on me. Um, I can enjoy a star nine billion light years away through the Hubble Space Telescope. But if I were to explore it by myself, it would obliterate me. Or the ocean, I can enjoy it from a beach with an umbrella. It's beautiful, but the second that I think I can go explore it on my own, its depths, I'm toast. It's hard for me to think about that, the vastness of space or the depths of the ocean, and go, man, I'm awesome. This must be about me. That's what fear of the Lord looks like. Before the God who created that star nine billion light years away or created the depths of the ocean, that's what fear of the Lord looks like. And so growing in the fear of the Lord is the beginning of getting wisdom and being wise ourselves. Foolishness, then, in the second half of that verse, is not just lacking mentally. Foolishness is living in a world God created as if there were no God. 
It's the fool in Psalm 114, verse 1, who says in his heart, there is no God. The only way to make sense of anything in the book of Proverbs is reverent trust in the Lord, fearing the Lord, being in relationship with the Lord and depending on Him. We have to constantly fight this in our culture. Um, The culture is telling you that to be wise is to be independent. Look to yourself for wisdom and all the ideas of seeking counsel that the world just wants you to find yes men. Um, Yes, yes, you are wise. That's what you should do. So we're prone to lean on our own understanding of the things of things to be wise. And when we look elsewhere, we should look for yes men that agree with us. God says that wisdom is depending on him and not our own understanding. Proverbs 3, you probably know somebody with this tattoo. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Wisdom starts by fearing the Lord and depending on him for it. So, How do we grow in the fear of the Lord um, and in turn grow in wisdom? Here's the first. I have two. Um, Hopefully not encouraging when a preacher says they only have two points. Growing in the fear of the Lord means being in a relationship with him by repenting of the things we want a relationship with more and aligning our desires with his. Growing in the fear of the Lord means being in a right relationship with Him by repenting of the things we want a relationship with more. Not repenting more, but repenting of the things we want more. The fear of the Lord requires that we align our desires with Him. It's this idea of reverence before Him, right? I don't want to offend you. I want to love what you love. I want to hate what you hate. The best way I can illustrate this, is, is the way that I've been growing it myself um, in the context of our marriage. My wife and I have been together almost 10 years. Got that right, 10 years. Um, we've been married for six of them. And in that time, I've gotten to know Duncan. Now, Duncan, I know, he looks really cute, right? (laughs) And those of you who know me and my wife well know that my relationship with Duncan is not right. In fact, Duncan isn't particularly lovable. Um, He's old, he bites, he's grumpy. Cost me money in vet bills. He smells... I can go on. The older he gets, the less and I get, him and I get along. Let's just say that. What I do know, though, is my wife loves Duncan. And he loves her. 
Um, he follows her around everywhere. He looks at her. Well, he tries. <laughs> to love my wife means I have to love the things she loves. I'm working on this, but to love my wife means that I have to love Duncan. I got to feed him. I got to let him out. Um, I got to give him medicine. Dogs take medicine. You put it in a pepperoni, apparently. I got to take him to the vet. To have a right relationship with my wife, my relationship with the joy, comfort, and peace that I think I'd have without Duncan must cease to exist. Now, that's not a perfect analogy, and you probably have lots of questions. Um, I'd love to talk to you more about this. I'm growing. I took the time to take this picture. It's not nothing. (laughs) Here's my point. God wants to replace the thing you're currently seeking comfort, joy, intimacy, approval, and control in with Jesus. His desire is to give you his wisdom. We ought desire the same. So ask yourself, um, maybe it's not Duncan, but where are your desires misaligned with the Father's? I encourage you, write it down, pray through it, ask God that if those aren't the desires of his heart, that he would remove them and replace them with his son. That's the first thing. Now let's change the slide. The second, and I want to wrap up on this idea because I think that it, it will encourage us. Um, God's word is way better at encouraging us than, than we first think, but we find it in Psalm 130. You can turn there with me. Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths I cry out to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Here it is in verse 4. But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Growing in the fear of the Lord means that we will grow in our awareness of our sinfulness and His grace. Growing in the fear of the Lord means growing in the awareness of our sinfulness and His grace. The more we grow in our awareness of how sinful we really are and how holy and gracious He really is, the more we grow in the fear of the Lord. Christian, remember the pit from which you were pulled. Tim Keller puts it this way in his book, Meaning of Marriage, but I think it applies. You are more sinful than you could ever dare imagine, and you are more loved and accepted than you could ever dare hope at the same time. 
You are more sinful than you could ever dare imagine, and you are more loved and accepted than you ever dare hoped at the same time. Apparently, to grow in the fear of the Lord means we must constantly remember the gospel in our own lives. How good are we at remembering this? If you're a non-believer with us today or joining us online, I'm so glad you're with us because I want you, I want to invite you into consider this with us. It's so important to us. Um, we don't have to pretend that we aren't that bad when we think of the separation of God's holiness and our sin um, to close the gap. We don't have to pretend that we're better than we actually are, and we don't have to try to measure up to close the gap. God wants to encourage us by showing us the gap and how glorious he is. And when we behold it, he sends his son to close the gap. When we are aware of his grace and how much we need it, Psalm 130 says that we grow in fear of the Lord. His grace is sufficient for you and me. When we're doing everything in our own understanding, in our own wisdom, in our own might, in our own effort, and eventually stop and cry out to him that we are unable, he goes, I know, my grace is sufficient for you. You don't need anything else. So friend, because that's true, because he has made a way for us to know wisdom and be wise ourselves, we can approach the Bible and the book, the book of Proverbs as an invitation to know wisdom and in turn be wise ourselves. Not as a Israelite or Christian Dear Abbey forum where we can just get all the good news or good advice that we need for the week, but an invitation to know his son. We can approach it to know the wisdom of God, the one who displayed perfect wisdom when we couldn't, the one who is in perfect relationship with the Father, the one who God sent to make a way for us to know him, behold him, and in turn, be wise. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the truths that you have shown us about who you are and what you've done for us in Jesus. When we were not wise, you sent him to be the wisdom of God for us. When we could not climb out of the pit of darkness, you sent him to pull us out. We confess that we look for this wisdom everywhere else. We Look to other sources for hope. So help us to see you. Help us to behold you. Help us to stand in awe of you. Help us to remember your grace in our lives. I pray for the people who don't know this hope yet, that you would bring them to you through your son Jesus. You are perfect. You are holy. You are to be feared. Help us to align our desires with yours. Help us to pursue wisdom and reject folly. This is only possible if you do it. 
So we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.